But what's beautiful about the alpha program, I remember specifically our first year at Xavier, one student was like, I don't believe in heaven. I don't think that heaven is real. And I remember just being the youth minister going through the alpha training. Like I was, I wanted to say something, but then her best friend was right beside her at the table. And she said, you know what? I think that heaven is everything that's good, true, and beautiful in this world. And I was like, that was kind of theological, what she just said, you know? And you will laugh, the Holy Spirit was moving even through that, right? (laughs) Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Welcome back. I'm Ron Huntley, your host. If this is your first visit, thank you for joining us. As this podcast goes out, I'm doing the countdown to Pentecost. I'll be visiting the community of St. Michael's in Fort Erie, Ontario to do work with their leadership team, meeting with their ministry leaders, also connecting with neighboring priests interested in parish renewal, and finally doing a three-day Pentecost mission entitled An Explosion of Joy and Possibility. Please pray for me and the generous folks at St. Michael's. If you live in the Buffalo area or Toronto, Hamilton, why not come out? Speaking of an explosion of joy and possibility, you're going to love today's episode. Enjoy the conversation. Lift off and the clock has started. My guest today is David Patterson. David Patterson and I met quite some time ago, and I'm going to pop it over to him in a second to tell us when that was, and we're going to guess and probably have a good laugh. But he's now a chaplaincy leader at St. Edmund Campen Catholic High School, and he also has a ministry, and we're going to talk about that too. But I remember meeting you and the joy that you had and the passion. I think it was Josh Canning that invited us all together. And it was uh, our love for my love for him as an alpha coordinator for Canada and just wanting to be a blessing in any way possible. But any idea how long ago? Welcome welcome to the show, David. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I think it was either back in 2011 or 2012 when we first met at the Newman Center, Toronto. Awesome. Long time. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really fun event for me you know it was that newman center is kind of like an older style home like almost a victorian home and right. uh, you know we had the projector set up and the room was pretty much filled with a lot of youth a lot of energy a lot of really intelligent capable people i was really impressed by that event yeah and i was so impressed by it because that was my first time ever hearing about alpha as a youth minister at the time and uh, I believe you had a family that was there who who shared of how, you know, one person attended Alpha and then just the ripple effect of the gospel, right? And how the, the entire family was basically touched by the Alpha program. And I remember just being so fired up by that event that I went, I went back to our church and I said, we are starting Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> Single-handedly with your passion and your conviction. Oh, yeah. That's all. How did that go in your church? Yeah, I mean, we started it, uh, so I was working at St. Joseph's in Bowmanville, mm-hmm. and we tried it during the summer, uh, and that was challenging in the it sense is challenging. that a lot of people go away and whatnot, so it was a trial by error, what I would say, 
Yeah. But soon after, I was actually hired at St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Mississauga. And that was actually the very first program we ran uh, to kick off the ministry uh, for the high school students. And it exploded. We had we had 80 to 100 teenagers that were coming every week uh, to the Alpha program. We had the meal together. And when we did prayer ministry during the Alpha Day Away, uh, many, many young people encountered the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way. And that's that's basically what kickstarted the youth ministry at the church. There was never a youth ministry there prior. So wow. So no youth ministry prior. 70 or sorry, 80 to 100 young people coming out and an explosion of youth ministry kicks off. That's right. Yeah. And it was it was fun. It was funny wow. because the hall was actually upstairs where the church was located. So we kind of had this running joke of how it was the upper room where we were uh <laughs> calling on the Holy Spirit, running the Alpha program. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of parallels there. Yes, I think so. A lot of parallels there. That is so beautiful. And what was it like for you to, to launch an Alpha? I mean, like you say, the School of Hired Knocks trying in the summer. And for all of you non-Canadian listeners, we don't get much summer, okay? And so when the weather gets nice, the last thing we want to do is commit to anything other than maybe watching our kids play soccer in a lawn chair, drinking a Tim Hortons coffee. And so it's true. Eh? I've tried to run Alpha in the summer in Canada. And boy, you can't get anybody to do anything except go to a barbecue and drink a cold beer or maybe head to the beach. Like it just is tough. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely recommend that you start the Alpha program in September when everyone comes back after Labor Day weekend. That's uh, for <laughs> if you you're thinking be. about running Alpha. That's right. <laughs> what was it like for you to run it uh, as a young man uh, looking to launch a youth ministry? Like, how how complicated was it? Was it relatively easy? Was it like all, all? There's always learning curves, of course. But tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think the Alpha program. Uh, was very easy to run, right? The video series had just come out uh, for right. the youth, right? So the videos were already, you download them very quickly. The small group discussion questions you'd hand out to your leaders, right? Basically. Um, I found it to be such a great way to be able to just start to connect and get to know the, the teenagers that were attending, right? Because you didn't have to spend hours and hours writing content for talks and coming up with new material. You were able to really just focus on, all right, here are the people that are present in the room. Let's get to know them. And also from a standpoint of just being able to meet people where they are, right? Right. You know, at Alpha, when questions come up, uh, there's some people that have very different beliefs. And Alpha tells you very yeah. clearly, like, do not pounce, you know, like, listen to what they say. Say, thank you for sharing. That's very interesting. And let someone else share. Their first year at Xavier, one student was like, I don't believe in heaven. I don't think that heaven is real. Right. I remember just being the youth minister going through the alpha training. Like I was, I wanted to say something, but then her best friend was right beside her at the table. And she said, you know what? I think that heaven is everything that's good, true, and beautiful in this world. And I was like, that was kind of theological what she just said, you know, and you will laugh. The Holy spirit was moving even through that. Right. <laughs> good for you to have the self-discipline. That is so hard for people to do. Especially if you, right. If you know the answer, you just want to give it. And that is oddly enough, the wrong thing to do to, to allow them to just float something out there. That is, they know you're not going to like, or they know it's going to, probably make you cringe and then to just smile and and just let other people share wow that takes a lot of grace i think so but uh but allowing the holy spirit to really move through the program and he does you know by the time the day away retreat comes around where you 
allow the opportunity for students for the first time to to invite the Holy Spirit into their lives. It's it can it can very much be a, a game changer for a lot of people. It's true, you know. In, in many ways, too, you think, well, hold on a minute. If there's any non-Catholic listeners here, they're going to mm-hmm. be going. Are you, didn't you say high school? Didn't didn't you say Catholic? Like, aren't these people like lifelong Catholics? And they're for the first time. So they go like invite. And it's like, yeah, that's actually our story. Like we talk about the Holy Spirit. We give the people receive the sacraments, but there's something which which are completely valid and legit. 100%. And we totally believe in them. And yet there's something else that happens. How do you explain that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think about Revelation 3.20, I believe, where Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, right? Mm-hmm. And I always tell students, there's actually a painting in our chapel of Jesus knocking out that door. And I point out the fact that there's never a door handle on his side. He's a gentleman. But the door handle, friends, is on your side. You have to be the one to actually reach for that door handle and say, Jesus, I'm opening this door to you. I invite you into my life. Right. Because he respects our freedom. And I say very clearly, you cannot have love if it is not free. Right. Freedom has to exist for love to be there. And so I basically encourage the students to actually open that door and invite them in. So there's an act of the will there, because, you know, for a lot of a lot of Catholic families, kids like sacraments. Are often tied to school year or age. And so that's almost like a conveyor belt. It has less to do with free will and, and desire. You know, there's expectations from your mom and your dad and your brother did it and your sister did it. And I'm Catholic, so I'm going to do it. And again, I'm not criticizing that. But that whole concept of the door handle being in your side of the door and, and your invitation, you're in control of whether or not you invite Christ into your life, right? That's that's empowering, isn't it? Yeah, I think that we tend to complicate evangelization sometimes because when you got a group of teenagers in a room and you just simply say, all right, friends, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit right now. We're going to close our eyes and we're just going to pray, come Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, like <laughs> those students that actually pray that prayer with their heart, they'll come up to me and be like, sir, I don't know what's happening with me. You know, because they they're experiencing the presence and the power of God in such a powerful and real way. And when you say to them, you're like, did you open the door to Jesus? That's usually when, you know, they get very emotional because yeah. they, they've they've invited Christ in a very real way. Right? And if you ask, he will come. Ask, you will receive. Knock, the, the door will be open. open. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool and so that was 2011 ish we're thinking 2012 so uh, so was alpha a tool that you used for a little while and then moved on to other things or what role has alpha played in in your ministry in in the work that you've been doing good question so when i was hired at saint francis xavier as a youth minister the first thing i did was run alpha uh, but then we went on to running the life team program as well as the edge program for the grade six seven eights awesome. and that was that was amazing just being able to experience you know the, the, the teens who went through the alpha program then became leaders uh to run the edge program for the grade six seven eights and uh every friday night we were we were having a catholic party in the church hall uh which was a lot of fun and then uh two years later i i was hired to work at st Edmund campion catholic secondary school as the chaplaincy leader 
Uh, and the very first thing that I did when I was hired there was I started the alpha program and we, we would run alpha uh, twice a year. So we would run it first semester. I would do the three weeks of training. We would run the entire, all the sessions, and then we would finish with the day away retreat. And then second semester we would start and the participants that actually went through alpha first semester would then become leaders uh, for the second semester and would invite their friends to participate. And it just kept uh, going. Uh, year after year. The very last year before the pandemic, it got so big. We were actually the largest club in the school. Uh, we couldn't even fit in a classroom. We had to move to the cafeteria because we had 120 students registered for Alpha coming every week. You're killing so, me. It You're was a party. Me. It was a party. <laughs> you are killing me, you know, because I, I remember a good friend of mine, actually my pastor now, Father Simon Lobo, said like growing up in a Catholic school, you know, if you wanted your faith to be ignored you sent your kids to public school if you wanted your faith to be persecuted you'd send your kids to a catholic school like his experience of the catholic school was that there was almost a culture of don't drink the kool-aid like and what i'm hearing you say and the impact you're having in the, the, the school is the complete opposite like you're bringing people into a profound transformational encounter with Jesus, then raising them up as leaders and helping them to become invitational. Right. Yeah. With obviously the Holy spirit, it's, we have the Holy spirit is obviously on the move, right? That is so cool. So that's a mic drop right there. I hope all, like there are a lot of educators that listen to this podcast in different parts mm -hmm. of the, in different parts of the world. And I just think, wow, cause that's the passion for me. I remember same thing happened in Montreal one of the, I think, yeah, one of the teachers went to the Alpha at his church and it, he was so impressed. He didn't even tell his pastor. He just started running it in the high school. And all wow. these, it was a boys' high school. All these boys were coming out and loving it. And he just, season after season after season, bringing yep. more and more of these young men to Jesus using Alpha as a tool in the Catholic high school. And it was changing it's everything. It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of us uh, going through Catholic schools our entire lives um, very much went through the motions. I can say that in my own life, right? Like I raised Catholic, went through all the sacraments, but it was really high school. I had a crisis. I didn't come home to the church until I was 21 years old through a, through a Catholic retreat. Um, but the importance of actually Alpha brings you right back to the very beginning, right? What do we actually believe? And I love it in the sense that it's unifying. It's not very divisive in the sense that even if I was to have coffee uh, with a Protestant brother or sister, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the content through the Alpha program, even as Catholics, we're like, yeah, we agree with that. And so, just the beauty of unity, even through it, I love it. I love that too, and I know there. So, and hats off to Nikki Gumble and his team because they're very intentional with that. I remember being with Father James Mallon on trips, and he's right. taking phone calls editing the content of the upcoming video series to make right. sure that the language isn't setting Catholics off, right? So that yes. it can be universal. Like it's, it's stuff we all agree on as Christians and it's so helpful. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Would you be willing to share like what, what, like going through the motions as a young man, crisis retreat, like tell us a little bit about how you came back to faith. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my parents separated when I was seven. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very much uh, going through Catholic school, made fun of for believing in God because I really cling to my faith while I went through that crisis in my family life. And um, but when I got into grade nine, I just so badly wanted to belong. And so I just started doing what everybody else was doing. You know, I got involved in drinking and partying and smoking and all that. And I pretty much was grade 10 year that I told my mom that I was, I was done with the faith that I thought it was irrelevant to me. And that kind of set me on this path going into university and, you know, the drinking really escalated rather than just, you know, partying on the weekends kind of thing. It rolled into through the week and even my buddies on Sundays when I'm no longer going to church, they were inviting me to the club called mm. Sin City. Right. And I remember the Catholic to me being raised in the church having this inner debate with myself being like, okay, I know I'm not going to church anymore on a Sunday, but going to sin city and replacement it's kind of taking things to a different ball game, you know, but I would just tell a little voice like, shut up. And yeah. It's fine. Right. I'm just going on my merry way. But it was really uh, my third year of university where I'd really, you know, hit rock bottom. Yeah. And my, my mom at the time was going to every prayer person she knew. She was basically mm. asking that people would pray for, her son, you know, and she found out about this retreat that was going to be happening in the summertime. And she called me at university and she, she said, you should go to this. And I was kind of like, sounds kind of lame, you know, but she called me day after day, just kept bugging me. And I finally answered the phone annoyed. I was like, mom, if you stop bugging me, I'll go. And she was so happy. Her response was basically like, okay, (laughs) you know? And so we were on our way to this retreat and my buddies found out and I started getting all the text messages being like, dude, I'll, I'll come save you from this retreat. Like, I'll come pick you up. Let's go get drunk. Let's go party. And I'm in the parking lot yelling at my mom, basically telling her I don't want to be here. And then my mom basically called me right out and she said, the devil wants to destroy you. Can't you see it? Can't you see the chaos? Like she, she said a lot. She kind of yelled at me in that moment. She's like, you need to, she basically was like, wake up, wake up. And when she said that to me, I felt the tap on my shoulder turned around and there was a Catholic priest standing there wearing a cowboy hat. He goes, how you doing? <laughs> and he talked me right down. And uh, at the end of the conversation, he squared me up, looked me right in the eyes. And he said, you know what, son? You need to stay. Like, you need to stay. And I did. And that retreat didn't just change my life, saved my life. Wow. Um, speaker of the weekend was Joe Ferris from Alabama. And uh, he was a guy's guy. He was funny. He was outgoing, but he loved Jesus, man. You could just nice. see the, the faith, you know? And he basically said, you don't have to be carrying the chains you've been carrying. You can be free today. And it starts with saying yes. It was actually August 15th, uh, the assumption of Our Lady, that he said, you could be free today. And he hit me where it hurt, man, because I knew I wasn't. Right. The partying was no longer just for fun, but it actually became a chain in my life. And I was really at a low point at that point on to get into all the details, but it was just right. a yeah. really, it was a rock bottom point in my life. And he basically gave us an opportunity to invite Christ into that mess, you know? And I really felt like I was the only person in that room that he was speaking to, you know? And I, I said that yes. And he said, go to confession. And I went and I sat down with that priest and I feel bad because he was a baby priest, newly ordained to the priesthood. And he gets me, God bless. <laughs> and I, I remember saying, I was like, father, we're going to be here for a long time. Yeah. And I just unloaded, man, all of it. And that night was adoration. 
And I was kneeling right beside Joe, the speaker. And I saw the way that he looked at Jesus in the Eucharist. And it was a gift of faith because I just knew that it was Jesus. And that really just began a journey for me of, of waking up every day and just saying that, yes, like I'm going to follow you, Jesus, and I'm not turning back. Man, shout out to your mom. Shout out to your mom for, right? Like what? A she's my, she's my St. Monica. My mom is the same. We have a similar story in so many ways. My mom is the same. Yeah. Yeah. She was the, the impetus to get me to that retreat. I didn't want to go to as well. And, and there's no backing out of it and changed my life. And yeah, yeah, that is so cool. And not only did that change your life, save your life. Look how he set you to work. Right. Like, mm. okay. literally, literally six months after this retreat. Okay. I basically was on this journey, went back to university, begging God to heal me of these chains Within six months, he did. I uh, broke the chains, ha- haven't been drunk since, haven't smoked since, literally healed me of my addictions, thanks be to God. Um, and yeah, I was, I was back at home and the priest walks up to me. I, had, I was just actually at a conference uh, in adoration the day prior. It was Lift Jesus Higher. I don't know if you're familiar with yes, that. Yes, I am. Yeah. I was a Lift Jesus Higher. There was a Eucharist procession. I had my, my eyes closed. I was kneeling. I was begging God. I was just saying yes to him. And I had this image of tons of teens praising God with their arms held high in the basement of my church where I grew up. Next day, I'm in church. I walk up to the priest, kind of said, like, Father, I don't know what this means, but this is what I had. This is like what I saw when I was praying, you know? And he looks at me and he says, okay, that's that's weird. And I said, why? And he said, because yesterday we had a meeting as a church talking about looking for a youth minister. I think you could be him. I was like... (laughs) Me, <laughs> you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. Did not see that one coming. <laughs> That's so beautiful. That is so beautiful, Dave. What a wonderful story of redemption and hope and salvation. Oh, talk about giving your life purpose and hope and meaning. Isn't God the best? There is no downside in Jesus. Man, yeah, God is so faithful. Oh, that makes my day. So you started this Yes Catholic ministry. Tell me a little bit of, tell the listeners about that. Because I, when I heard about it, I thought, that's really cool. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, long story short, uh, I was on retreat right before the pandemic hit. And I felt called to share a story with a young man who was there that did clearly not want to be there. Okay. He rolled his eyes at every question I had in a small group discussion. He even told me when I asked him like, how's your relationship with God? He's like, I don't even know why the hell I'm here right now. (laughs) So he was, he was real mad, you know, to be at this retreat. And so just put on my heart, share uh, this conversion story that had happened years ago on another retreat. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down with him And I basically told him this story of another young man who went through a really difficult time in his life and how he met Jesus and found healing in his life. And at the end of the story, I basically said, so why are you so angry? And he said, sir, I can't believe you just told me that story. And basically he had related to the trauma that this young man had experienced. He completely related to the exact same story. And he said, because when, when I was that age, the exact same thing happened to me. It was obviously a Holy Spirit moment, right? And over that weekend, I witnessed 
another young man completely transformed before my eyes. He gave his life to God. He went to confession. He said, I finally made my peace with God. Uh, and I was so overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, I didn't give a Bible study. I didn't do a catechism lesson. I simply shared a story. And I think those things are very important. Don't get me wrong. But I simply shared a story of someone who encountered Christ and found healing in their life, right? Mm-hmm. And so two weeks later, I was on my way to work. I was saying my daily yes to Jesus, saying, Lord, whatever you want, I just say yes to you. That's what it's my, I like to do that. And on, on my heart was just, yes, Catholic. And when I heard it, I said out loud to God in my car, I was like, I like it. That's, there's a ring to it. <laughs> You're a good marketer, Jesus. That was a, that was a good, that, there's something to there, you know? And then a week later from there, uh, real people, real stories, all grace. I was driving again. I pulled my car off to the side because I had to voice record. I didn't want to forget. The fact that real people are sharing their real stories and recognizing that it's all God's grace moving through their story. And so basically, it's funny because my buddies, my buddies that I was sharing it with, I was like, they're like, why don't you invite people to your house and interview them? Right. And I said, that's not what God wants. He wants, I don't know why, but it's like Instagram live. That's what it's got to be. And then literally I launched it January, 2020. And then the pandemic hit and it was <laughs> built for lockdown because <laughs> it's online. Right? right. And so every week since, so since January, 2020, I basically, I go live once a week. I have a new guest every week to share their story of how they came to give their fiat, their yes to Jesus and his church. And a lot of people think like, it's just this, this idea of this one-time yes, but it's actually not. It's actually to mirror Mary's fiat. Let it be done unto me according to thy word. Like pick up your cross daily and follow me. Mm. And so it started out with me just asking my close friends in the ministry, hey, do you want to share your story? And then I, I started getting all the DMs saying, hey, I'm in Australia. I'd love to share my story. Hey, I'm in England. I want to share my conversion story. And it just... The ripple effect of the gospel, man, it's, it's become international. And it's, I've just been able to meet Catholics literally all over the world. And just be, being able to be on this adventure, man, it's, it's been so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so cool. And isn't it neat? I love our faith. Like, I love our church. It is literally global. Like, everywhere I go in the world. I meet guys just like you, and they're amazing. Even if I can't even barely speak the same language, there's this, there's this, there's this family feeling of our faith, and it's just so on fire. It's so cool. And so, how do people connect with that? Like, how do they're like, what? I want to, I want to get on Instagram and listen. Like, how does that go down? Like, what's that look like? Yeah. So you can follow uh, Yes Catholic on Instagram. It's at Yes Catholic. Uh, all of the stories are basically they're shared on IGTV. So there's actually a whole library of every single interview. Um, We've actually just recently uploaded the stories for the past four or five weeks onto Spotify. So you just look up yes, Catholic on Spotify, Apple podcasts, and you can listen to the stories there. Uh, You can also check out the website. Yescatholic.com. Every single story is actually written out in a library there as well. So you can read the stories as well. Um, and so we've got guests lined up until I believe August, uh, 2022 and every single week I'm getting people submitting their stories and basically saying, I want to share my story of how God's been able to move. So <laughs> it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And it's funny too. Cause a buddy of mine was like, dude, you got to slow down. You're going to write out a stories. 
And I just think that's so hilarious because man, literally every single week I'm getting like three submissions. I can't even keep up. Like I, I feel like I could spend the rest of my life sharing stories every week and it wouldn't even scratch the surface. I agree with you. The glory of God and what he is doing. David, you know, sometimes I get asked, you know, sometimes I've, and I've heard this said from many people at times, you know, Ron, you get so excited about evangelization and change lives, but you have no idea what's going on in people's lives to, to which I say, and sometimes I hear, and you won't know for maybe 20 years. And I think that is not true. Just ask them. They will mm-hmm. tell you <laughs> like mm-hmm. people who've had their life changed by Christ will literally tell you. And, and so I don't buy the fact that we can't know what's going on in somebody's heart. We literally just ask them. They will tell us. And so, you know, what I love about what you're doing, people can't wait to tell their story. I remember being somewhere one time, and this lady was probably in her 70s. And I must have given a talk at her church, and she comes up to me, which people often do when I speak, and she tells me her story. David, it was the craziest, coolest, most miraculous story I've ever heard. And I was loving it. And I looked at her and I said, please tell me that you share this story regularly. She said, you're the first person I've ever told. And I'm thinking, this is criminal. Like we need platforms like yours for people to tell their story because the only person for the most part you hear from week in and week out is the priest. And that's okay. That's our mass. But Boy, as Catholics, there's way more than that. There's way more opportunities. And what I hear you doing is literally paying attention to the Holy Spirit, the promptings of God, and creating a platform for the average person to be able to share their stories. And I hope priests tell their stories on your, on your, you know, one of the things I do is when I'm coaching priests, I'll ask them their encounter story, not their vocation story. They're so used to telling their vocation story, but many priests don't encounter Jesus until long after they've been ordained. That's not uncommon. And a lot of people are surprised by that, but it's true. They can become, they can get on a trajectory of ordination, which isn't a bad thing, but they don't necessarily have had that encounter, that transformational encounter. But when they do, that changes everything. And so I'm just so excited about Yes Catholic. So we also actually do a once a month vocation special where we'll highlight uh, married couples as well as single life, as well as priests, religious, uh, where they can basically share how they came and gave their yes to the Lord as well. And so it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We call it Saturday Night Live Vocation Special with, insert name here. Right. That is so cool. I remember hearing a story, if I could share it. I was a priest that I'd met. Actually, Father Simon and I did a 17 hours worth of workshops in three days at, a, at the Mid-Atlantic Congress in Baltimore one year with the same 75 people. God love them. They'll never be the same, good or bad, uh, spending that much time with us talking about parish renewal. It was a lot of fun. But I remember this guy um, signing up for one-on-one coaching with me at one point. And when I asked him what made him decide, he said, because he talked about being a priest, not into this Holy Spirit stuff at all, felt it was flaky and not interested. 
and one of his good friends invited him to, to go to Steubenville at a, at a conference. And he did. And he went with his arms crossed and his guard high. So nothing happened, right? Because to your point with the handle on the inside of the door, it's your choice. And he chose it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. He did not open up. He went and... Uh, and so before they left, this friend of his said, hey, I want you to meet Father Mike Scanlon. And he said, yeah, sure. And so, again, he was a priest at the time, went over to, they met Father Mike, and Father Mike looked at him and basically said, have you let the Holy Spirit into your life? He said, no. And he said, well, why not do it now? Can I put my hand on your shoulder? He said, sure. Put his hand on his shoulder, pray for him. Boom, down he went. And he woke up, and he was never the same again. It changed everything. Wow. Wow. But he said, I've never been able to activate what I knew to be true now in the context of the local parish. And after being with us for 17 hours and hearing what we did, how we did it, and the impact it was having, he said, that's what I've longed for my entire priesthood, but I've never been able to bring it to life. And I just thought, isn't that beautiful? And this man was in his late 60s when he went into full-time you know, to, to coaching with us. Like, isn't like, so many people think it's just for the young people. I say, no, it's just for the people that believe God can still do anything, right? It's just so beautiful when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you open that door, no matter where you're at in life, who you are, how much money you make or don't make, what color your skin is, what sex you are, it does not matter. Everything changes. Everything does. What's one yeah. of the funnest, funnest stories you've heard in, in, in the last few years of your ministry or even, yeah, at school or Yes Catholic? I think, I think with Yes Catholic, probably one of my favorite uh, messages I received was a young man uh, sent me a photo standing beside his bishop, and he said I was received into the church, and Yes Catholic had a lot to do with it. And I, I almost fell over when I, when I read that. You know, like a man came home uh, just from hearing people's stories. And I, I receive messages on a regular basis just saying, I related to this person's story. I related to this person's story. You know, and it's just being able to hear real people just uh, find encouragement uh, during these times through people just sharing. It's, uh, it's been absolutely incredible. And I think within the, the high school context, you know, I walked the students through really opening that door to Christ. And uh, I had a grade 12 retreat maybe about a month ago. And young man comes in my office and says, uh, sir, I don't know what's going on with me. And I just kind of looked at him and I said, well, did you open the door to Jesus? And right when I said that, he just started sobbing. Just started like weeping, you know? And he basically said, yeah, I did. And he really experienced just the presence, the love of the Father in such a powerful way. And he said, sir, I want to, I want to talk to you again uh, next week at noon. And right at noon, came to my office and sat down and he said, sir, God is real. And I have to live my life different because I, I know that now. And he said, how do I live my life as a Catholic? And it's, it was just such a moment, you know, to be able to to have that conversation, even got him connected with campus ministry. A lot of people don't realize that there's campus ministries all across Ontario, shout out to you, or across Canada, rather. Yeah. Shout out to Catholic Christian Outreach, CCO. They're doing incredible Amen. work. And Amen. so I was able to even just, you know, 
say, listen, you can get connected right now, even being grade 12, that you can start the journey right when you start university. And I think being able to even fast track a young person to continue that journey of faith and know that he's not going to be alone through it. Amen. Powerful. I've got to get Andre Renier on here to talk about that because it's a wonderful connection because I think it's so important. You know, the work that you're doing, transforming lives in the high school and then having a next step uh, into CCO and, and continuing to get through, you know, to plow through university, honoring and serving God while you're getting your education, hopefully meeting somebody real special that you might spend the rest of your life with, who knows? And, and never know. <laughs> you never know. It could happen to you. But yep. uh, that's just so cool. I hope, uh, you know, I hope as our listeners reach out to your website and, and to your Instagram posts and start listening. If, if, if uh, yeah, if you ever send David a note and start listening, it impacts your life. Tell him, remind him that you heard his podcast. Cause I just think it's, I always get so jacked up when this cr- cross pollination occurs you know, yes. I hear it all the time from the podcast and people that are guests that have been on and how people have reached out to them and how that's really been a blessing. And I just think it's so cool that, uh, you know, I think as we continue to give our yes to the Lord, God calls us, God will use us in ways that we didn't dream possible. Is that fair? 100%. Yeah. And I, and I think that when these moments even happen, I just say, Lord, like, why me? You know, but <laughs> St. John Paul II said it so well. He said, life with Christ is a wonderful adventure. And man, like I remember being in university when I first gave my ass being terrified because I watched a lot of friends, right? Not yeah. real friends, but friends sure. that I thought walk while I started following Jesus, you know? And yeah. there were moments of loneliness going through that, but the amount of friendships that I found in Christ, it's, yeah. it's incredible, you know? And so recognizing that the Lord blesses in abundance and he's with you through it all. Amen. Amen. David, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate you, brother. Thanks for all you're doing. And thank you for praying that prayer every day and encouraging others to do the same. Thanks, brother. Hearing transformation stories like David's and what God is doing through his yes is so inspiring to me. His yes Catholic ministry is a buffet of real lives being enriched with the best news ever. You are loved beyond your wildest imagination, and God's love changes everything. For those of you attending the Divine Renovation Conference in Capel, Texas this July, I hope to see you there. And if you don't have your tickets yet, it is not too late. Let's get behind Kirk Clement and the U.S. team at Divine Renovation for this conference and be inspired. God bless. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.